Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are glad you can join us here today. Our guest here this evening is a repeat guest who has an incredible collection of car memorabilia and the idea of garage crawls. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive, the next generation in car care. Locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, diesel. Springdale's classic car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. With five convenient neighborhood locations, how may we be of service, Jason? And I am Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, and today we welcome back Patrick Knight. We were privileged to visit Patrick's garage several weeks ago and would love for you to share what you've collected over the years and the idea of the garage crawls. So if you could introduce us to that idea of the garage crawls, Patrick, that would be great. Be glad to. Uh, Dating back to January of 2007, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, you want to go on a garage crawl today? I said, well, what is it? He says, we're going to go out and eat lunch. That's the first thing that happens. You've got to eat. Then we're going to go to somebody's garage, and we're going to look around and see what he's got. I said, yeah, I like the idea. So four guys, myself included, came to my house after we'd eaten at the local fish emporium in J-Town. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we hung out in my garage, and we talked about things like the first street ride that anybody remembered seeing in J-Town and uh, who was fast on the drag strip back in the day and just kind of rehashed all those things that that we had forgotten a little bit and each one of the guys had a little bit of input so i really liked the idea of it and the the guy that had put it together was from southern indiana and i said well you know larry we need to do this again soon he said well give me a month or so let me figure something out i said no we need to do it again now (laughs) so i put together a about a three garage crawl the next month we had eight guys the next month we had 16 guys and sitting at the table back at that famous fish emporium with 16 guys i'm sitting in the middle of the table and i'm trying to encompass all the different conversations that are going on and i can't begin to process all the different conversations Mm -hmm. it was great all these guys are just telling these great stories about the cars they've had, the places they've been with them, jacking them up in the parking lots, fixing this, building them at home. It was just fantastic. So we got finished eating, and we, we go to three different garages that day. And the, the cool thing about a garage crawl is some of them are really pristine. Some Everything's got a place, and everything's in the place. Some of them are less than that. And you literally crawl through them. Right. That's where the oh, name right. came I from. I got you. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so we went to three different guys' garages that day. And the beauty of it is, is that no two are alike. Mm-hmm. If Jason has a nice collection of diecast cars, which I'm looking at right now, that you can't see on the radio, um, one of the garages that we went to, the guy has over 300 tether cars. Those are the ones that had the 049 engines like your model airplane had on them. Okay. All right. Thimble drum engines. He has 300 of those cars. Wow. Right. They're they're about 12 to 14 inches long. Mm-hmm. And, and they go back to the 40s. 
you don't see that every day. Nope, you no. sure don't. <laughs> uh, out in his garage, he actually had a TQ midget that had an Offenhauser engine in it. Wow. Okay, yeah. all right. And none of us had ever touched an Offenhauser engine. I mean, mm -hmm. we're just mortal people. Yeah, mm -hmm. all right. But uh, <laughs> the next garage you go to, he's got a, a modest car collection of a half a dozen cars. And he tells you about the drive train in this one and where he got the body at and how, how many guys it took to lift it out of the field and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the next one we go to is a guy that's got a, a log cabin over in southern Indiana, and he attached a 4,000-square-foot garage to it. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Nice. <laughs> right. There you are. I need some space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he built it all himself, and that, and that was the beauty of it, you know. And he could tell you about putting every log in place. Mm -hmm. So what it boils down to is that, that when you when we started doing these garage crawls, we just, you didn't know what you were going to find. And I was trying to promote the ones here in Louisville, and Larry was trying to promote the ones in southern Indiana because he knew the people over there. Mm -hmm. And I would find that uh, I'd call some call someone and it, it's a cold call i never considered myself a salesman but i'm cold calling these people and say hey can we bring 30 guys over and look at your garage <laughs> gotcha <laughs> and and they say well yeah why not why not yeah. and, and i was told that this guy was very selective and he wouldn't let anybody in his garage but when i talked to him and told him what we did he says heck yeah i'm on All right so All right. so it, it went from 30 people to 50 then we decided to go to the corvette museum and plant so one of the guys had worked there and had set up a tour for us. Rather than try and get all these different cars together, w the idea was we were going to rent a bus. So we were going to rent a 30-passenger small bus. We put a notice out on the email, and all of a sudden we had 40 people that wanted to go. Then hmm. by the next week, it was 50 people. Wow. We filled up a 62-passenger bus and had four cars following. Nice. Wow. And you get all these guys together again, swapping these stories, mm -hmm. telling everything about what we did, mm -hmm. where you did it, how you did it, how you collected up that right. one little part. Where, where did that part come from? You know, so it, it become just a great thing. And we're still doing it today. COVID kind of shut us down last year because we don't want to get anybody sick from right, right. being sure, the wrong sure, place sure. at the wrong right, time. Right. But we're getting ready to go back again with it the latter part of this year. What year did this start? 2007. 2007. So 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. Went from 8 to, <coughs> to, to 50, the, 60 The last plus. time we were at my garage, we had 150 people. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Off the love of cars and mechanics and parts and just anything automotive general. that's just cool stuff. I love it. The oh, most fun absolutely. thing that I, that I ever had happen at my garage was that one of the fellows from Southern Indiana that I've always highly respected as a car collector and a, and a uh, artifact collector mm -hmm. cars. He was there with his camera, and he was taking pictures like he was in the Smithsonian. I mean, he's just taking one picture <laughs> after another. And I walked over to him, and I said, I am really blown away. I said, you're taking pictures here of stuff like you've never seen anything before. And I said, you got a garage full of it. Mm -hmm. But it was different stuff. It was different stuff, right. And he was just in in awe of of what i had there that i had collected and put together so so does this garage crawl group do you all have a name or is it just hey let's do a garage crawl and you and everybody's on a distribution we are called the garage crawlers okay all and, right and we just send out some emails to the the group so okay. to speak and if and it's not a, a tight uh 
tight group in a sense. And mm-hmm. if your neighbor wants to come, bring him. Gotcha. You know, you don't have to have a special invitation. So anybody can join. Yeah. And we can say, hey, Patrick, here's our email address. Put us on your distribution Put us on list. list. That's exactly it. So how often do you all meet? We try and do it once a month, if if not every other month. Okay. And all I, right. And before the COVID thing again. Yeah, that, I got you. That was working real well. I got you. Okay. And and the some of the places that we went, uh, Bill Rankin mm-hmm. was one of the guests. And across the street from Bill was a place called the Blue Diamond Diner. Okay. And this was a guy that came from the coal mines in Kentucky, down around Harlan, Kentucky. And he was raised in a coal mine, just like the Tennessee Ernie Ford song went. You know, we ate the coal mine food. We bought this stuff. He worked at a Texaco station there as a teenager, and he went to the diner there called the Blue Diamond Diner. It was a Blue Diamond coal mine. And in 1990, they decided to... take that building apart they'd, they'd already knocked down all the houses and stuff because the coal mine was shut down but they decided to, to do away with the big building well he was able to buy the contents of the building in the texaco station so he brought them home and recreated that diner and texaco station in his backyard in a building not one sign on the outside of it mm-hmm. didn't he didn't want any notoriety drawn to it but inside it it was absolutely incredible wow. he had artif- artifacts from the coal mines photographs he had the actual bar that was in the diner. Nice. And when we went there, I got to cook hamburgers on the griddle that, with a stainless steel piece behind right, it, you know. Right. Oh, wow. That was in, in there since the, the 30s. <laughs> oh, you know, it was fantastic. so cool. And, and the Texaco station, again, he didn't have anything on the outside, mm-hmm. but he took all the lettering and those three stripes that went around the outside of a Texaco door and put them on the inside. Mm-hmm. It was like he just turned the building inside out. I got you. Right. And, right. and everything in there had a green. All the workbenches were green, like Texaco deal was, and um, cabinets on the wall with the to hang the clothes in. Right, you know, and the service manager's desk over there. But that's where he restored his cars. Okay, and then he had the Blue Diamond Diner next door there with uh, things hanging up like the uh, cheerleaders' outfits, mm-hmm. the guys' letter jackets, <clears throat> uh, ads from the movies that were being shown at the theater. Wow. In conjunction with the diner, gotcha. I mean, that he is... even had the sink and the and the toilet. <laughs> I mean, they had that it all. is so cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, that is so so so. You speak of a recreation, okay? So let's talk about when Eric and I. Unfortunately, John wasn't able to make it, but but you invited us out to your place, and um, you, you have this garage, and you've called it Neva Neva Corners, right? Mm-hmm. Give us the history behind its name and some of the stuff that you have inside of that for our our listening audience here. Everybody brings home something when you go out. Well, for 40 years, I'd go to a car show or go to a town and I'd find some little thing at an antique store that I wanted to take home. But you put it in a drawer Mm -hmm. and you can't enjoy it. Right. So... I was at a car show in Tennessee, and I was talking to an older gentleman, and he was telling me that he had this thing he wanted to sell. And so he, I said, how can I get in touch with you? So he shows me a picture of a little gas station on a card. He said, there's my phone number. I said, man, that gas station is cute. Mm-hmm. It's one of those little corner ones, you know, triangle-type building. Right. I said, where'd you take that picture at? And he said, in my backyard. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, I've got a building in my backyard. I can do that. Right. I don't even have to build the building. Right, right. All I've got to do is decorate it. Yep. So 
my motif was early dealership. And the name Neva Corners came from a small dealership that was in Wisconsin. Uh, I'll digress a little bit. When I was in college, I met this young lady, and her daddy owned the Chevy dealership in Lancaster, Kentucky. I went over and met her father. Our romance faded away quickly, <laughs> but I was the prodigal son that they, that her father never had. He had two daughters, and he became my mentor. He married into the family at Neva Corners Service Garage in 1947 wow. in Wisconsin. That's so cool. And yep. became... A Chevy dealer in Lancaster, Kentucky, All right. decades later. Mm -hmm. They sold the dealership there and moved to Kentucky. So at any rate, I decided to, to name my building Neva Corners Service Garage, which was their business from 1929 until 1960. Okay. Um, Neva is a star, and that's where five roads come together in Wisconsin in, to create this town. And that's why the name Neva. Okay. Was. Gotcha. All right. So, gotcha. at any rate, I had the good fortune of being in some old dealerships around Kentucky out hunting parts for my 56 Nomad back in the day when I needed parts. And so we got a list of the dealers, and we went to all the dealers on the weekends, and we'd try and buy parts. And I, I just developed a love for the look and the feel of that old dealership. It wasn't like today where the the building front is designated by General Motors or Ford, and each stone has to be exactly the same size, and the, the, the signage has to be exactly this many feet off the ground. These were just barns. Mm -hmm. They started out as, as uh, actually black blacksmiths mm -hmm. back in the 20s and 30s, okay. and they evolved into a garage. And then that garage took on the name of the brand of a car. And in Neva Corners' case, it was Chevrolet. But it wasn't called Neva Corners Chevrolet. It was just called Neva Corners Service Garage because that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So anyway, these little dealerships out in the country were just as mom and pop and personalized as you could get. Yep. One of them that I went to in Lebanon Junction, Kentucky, called Hawker Chevrolet, the Mr. and Mrs. Hawker lived upstairs over the showroom. Nice. Wow. That okay. was their home. And, <laughs> All right. and wow. when you went in there, they they just invited you in the showroom. They had a big dog that was just like the, the Walt Disney dog. Uh, uh, Marmaduke or something like that? I can't remember his name. But Pluto. Uh, big old but it had, oh, okay. it had lots of hair. And as it would oh, walk yeah. around the showroom, it would sweep the floor. Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> old shaggy dog. Shaggy dog. Right. There you go. All right. Yeah. But, but every one of them was different. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I decided to do with all those things that I had taken home and put in drawers, so these need to be out. I need to get them out where I can enjoy them, where I can share them with someone like right. Jason and Eric. Mm -hmm. And so I started putting a format together, and I had a good friend that was a carpenter and, and a, a thinking carpenter, and he told me what I could and couldn't do because I didn't know about how many load feet this would take and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But we put a porch on it and put windows in and, Went down to Joe Lay and bought a, an old door that had 12 panes of glass in it because I wanted it to look old. Mm -hmm. I didn't right. want it to just be a regular door. Right. Know? And uh, put a uh, stamped steel, stamped tin ceiling in it, just mm -hmm. like from the 1920s. Right. Groove board walls and, and an old hardware store type floor. The only thing I couldn't figure out how to do was make it creak. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comes right. with years of war- <laughs> wear and tear. Exactly. Stepping over. But, exactly. But anyway, it was a good good opportunity to, to be able yeah. to, to get things out of the drawers and, and put them on the wall and enjoy them. Such a great mental picture oh, yeah, of right. how people went to shop for parts and this and that. And uh, every shop was kind of the same, but they had the different parts. Mm-hmm. You know, people today, even us, you know, have no idea what it was like to, you know, work in our, you know, 46 Ford or whatever in the backyard. We need to go find some parts. And, you know, we got Bud's shop down the street. And then we got Sam's shop, you know, across the border. Right. And if they don't have something, we can go to, you know, Patrick's shop, you know, 20, 20 miles down the road. And they're all the shops are basically built the same, but they all had different parts. Yep. Now it's just you pick up your phone and you search the Internet. <laughs> exactly. It, you know, and you can still find what you need, which is great. It's but just the fun of all three of us say, hey, we're working on this car together. We need this, I don't know, fuel pump for the 46 Ford or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. The, we're going to go, oh, damn, they don't have it. Well, let's go down here. And it, it's a whole day trip, and we're all having fun yep. tr- just making a road trip, trying to find a part for a car. You know, just that, that era, you know, you the Andy Griffith era, if you mm-hmm. if you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, most people do. Yep. Um, to me, I just I love that idea mm-hmm. of Americana, especially in the automobile business. I I yep. love Andy Griffith, yep. by the way. Yeah. I'm, I'm a nerd, and I my nine year old son loves Andy Griffith as well because we watch it almost. Every Almost day, every night. Um, I'm a he, card he gets, carrying member. He gets, he gets, <laughs> he he just laughs at it sometimes. You know, he doesn't get a lot of the the, the messages behind it, but he loves it. Mm. But just that mentality of Mayberry, it could be St. Matthews sixty years ago. Sure, that's right. You know, it's J Town sixty years ago. Mm. It's Middletown sixty years. It's Fern Creek. But, you know, back then there wasn't all these connecting side streets. And there. You had to go here, country oh, sure. roads, take a right here, and, and to get to those. So it was like a day trip to find that fuel pump. And there, and was, only, there was only one service station in town that did carburetors. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them didn't know a thing about that. So you would drive all the way across town to go to that guy that knew about carburetors, yeah. mm-hmm. that guy that had a distributor machine that he could dial your distributor in. And then the speed shops yeah. started to evolve from that. And, you know, Rock Auto is great. We can't we can't discount that. But you can't go to Rock Auto on your computer and take that carburetor or that fuel pump and sit it up on the counter and say, I need one of these. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just, there's not that personal touch that, and, you're, that you're wanting. Yeah. And, you know, good, bad, and different. I just, I'm old school. I just wish it was like that today. In a way. Mm-hmm. I really do. It's just... Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick moment uh, and let John reminisce for just a moment here. <laughs> right? We're going to ask Sorry. you to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but for all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com. And join us at our new website, theclassiccarcorner.com, where you can access our shows, learn more about us, and what we're up to. And if all this car talks make you interested in starting a collection of your own, 
our very own Jason Painter has a great book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, which gives you all the in and outs about getting into collecting. And it's available on Amazon. And a portion, a portion of the proceeds on that go to help charity. That's right. So, and just coming back on John's aspect, conversation about, you know, going to the different shops. Uh, you clearly did not, you know, out of high school, go shopping for Volkswagen Rabbit parts because you had to go, you half the time they wouldn't answer the phone. So you had to drive out to Whip Auto out on West Watershed Trail to find the right vacuum lines, or you had to drive over here to the other place. And sometimes you have to go to two or three different dealerships because not everyone carried the same amount of parts because they just didn't care about carrying those different cars. Or they, you're going out to Dixie Highway, or you're going out to Butchel, or you're, so, you know, I'm kind of happy that we have a little bit of internet here because you can actually find some parts now. But depending on the car, it's still challenging to find those. Um, but talking about your shop, uh, Patrick, you know, walking in there and seeing that the decor of it and, and hearing the stories about how each of these service stations and, and how they became dealerships were unique to each one of those places, it totally took me back to when I had my Jeep Wrangler and I got it from Houseman, which is no longer around. Right. And when you walk into that dealership on Broadway, it just it just took you back because they didn't change the motif of it from – 40 50 60 years ago it was it had the tin that the, when i looked up in your roof i went i feel like i'm at houseman again and it has that smell of parts and car and just that year decades of gas and oil and right. transmission fluid it yep. just has that feel that smell that you know the dealerships now and those places are just sterile they yep. don't have character and the people that had the creaky door when you go to sit there and go in and talk with a guy about a grand wagoneer or something <laughs> right <laughs> well what, what was cool is that when he invited us in he's like i want this to be a representation of exactly what you would have encountered back in the 40s 50s and 60s mm -hmm. uh, of trying to get a part and then we walk in to neva's corners and we see just i mean if you wouldn't mind sharing i mean you've got License plates, you've got memorabilia from just years of collecting oil things. cans, right? Uh, the, the pins, service station signs, oh, the, the, yeah, the display right. of the oh my goodness, I thought it was tire valve stem caps, valve stem caps. Yes, I mean, <clears throat> it's so cool. Sure, so share with us what 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 you've got in this garage because i think that there's a lot of history especially that of you know some things that are related to louisville and its history but what what, what do you have in your in your garage that's well, fun to share this is kind of a joke on me but uh, my dad was was in the service station business when he got out of world war ii with with a friend that his dad owned the station and so dad would save valve stems caps and bring them home and when I was 30 years old, not until I was 30 and had maturity, he gave me that jar of valve stem caps. That's awesome. And, and I've got them in a display case, and I've got them there to where I can enjoy them and everybody else can enjoy them. You saw them, you <laughs> yeah. enjoyed them. And, and four of them that were in there were standard oil crowns. Wow. They were red, and that was what they put on the cars back then. It was a standard oil station he worked at. You know. And those are the valve stems for the the tires, right? Yeah, the valve stem caps. So you know. that's this is something I've just learned. I didn't, never knew they had branded stem covers. 
Yes, and they're. I've they, never seen they're, one. They're all different shapes. They're sizes. They're, never seen one. Everything you know. That is so true. that's just one tiny, right. tiny thing right. that you can get some enjoyment out of mm-hmm. looking at. Sure. When you go to some guy's garage, right? You know, again, every one of them is different. different. Every garage is different. That's right. Um, I've got a a, so a sun machine that came from the Cadillac dealer downtown, Brown Brothers Cadillac, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, when they closed, a friend of mine. As some machines started going out of favor, he was a tune-up technician there, and so they gave him the machine. So when he passed, I was able to buy it from his son. And and I've also got the workbench that his dad had worked in, worked at at Standard Auto Cadillac, which was a Cadillac dealer, uh, and it was on Fourth Street in Louisville. And it's a 1948 Kentmore, which is the factory GM tool company workbench. It's Art Deco in design, got big bubulous design around it and everything but still basically just a workbench but it was, it's really cool in that art deco design that they mm-hmm. had back in the 40s and i'm real proud to be able to get that because well, sure. it's it's a piece of louisville mechanic oh, history right. mm-hmm. was that the same location at the brown brothers at fourth and broadway now yes okay so i know they just recently closed it yes i, I thought it was it's interesting same same, same. iconic yeah. a, an iconic block in Louisville, mm-hmm. yeah, in downtown oh, yeah. Louisville, no, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, so you know, you just you go to a little garage and you pick up something. Um, I've got a, a driveway bell from the last two bay gas station in Jefferson Town, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they're all gone now, mm-hmm. and and I was so glad to be able to get the driveway bell from Wild Bill Carter. That was his name. Okay, and when he closed, yep. You notice there's no other like Wild John, Wild Jason, or Wild Eric. It's always Wild Bill. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably from the 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 old West. But you know, it's funny. People had personalities. It's always Wild Bill. Wild Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You know, another uh, thing that I was thinking about the collection was the display for the ventilator window latches. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So cool. I was like, that was actually a thing. And it's just, I mean, how are you going to latch your ventilator window? Yeah, that's right. It's on a punch card, so to speak. And it would be sitting on the display cabinet there in the the service station. Mm -hmm. And when your vent window latch broke, you went and bought one of those for, what what was the price on it? 40 cents? 40 cents. Yes. 40 cents. (laughs) Wow. Today's, they're $399.99. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Exactly. Inflation over the years, right? Um, So so, uh, I remember seeing, so there was a 57 Chevy couch. You had the tail end of a 57 Chevy. It was made out into a couch. You had a bunch. So you're friends with Carl Casper. Yes. Uh, And so you have a lot of the Carl Casper signs the neon lights what what else uh from those shows do you have carl's been been very gracious to me and has has given me some of his signage Mm -hmm. um he was always very protective on that he wouldn't want it to go out somewhere that it was going to be sold and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing but he was willing to give it to me Mm -hmm. so i've been able to to put that up in my building yep and uh i had a a rare opportunity to be able to work with carl and for the company for eight years mm-hmm. as their education day program chairman. Okay. And to get younger people into our hobby and business mm-hmm. on September, I would start calling the schools within about a two hour radius of Louisville and try and get them to bring their students to the Carl Casper show on Friday morning 
before the show opened to the public, which is a great opportunity for them because they don't have to deal with all the other people being sure. in the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so uh, I would start calling them in, in September, get the seed planted, and I'd call them back in January and start getting some numbers together from the instructors as to how many students they were going to bring. And it was it was organized to where they had to have X number of uh, instructors to come with them so it wasn't mayhem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really. ultimately, on Friday mornings, I would have as many as 1,000 students there. Oh, no awesome. kidding. And That's 250 incredible. instructors to be with them. I got you. And once they get off the bus, I mean, they are wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, and it's, mm-hmm. it was so much fun to watch these kids right. just light up. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. And when we opened the door and let them in, it was like just ants crawling everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, but that was a, a great opportunity to be able to work with Carl because he's mm-hmm. he was interested in promoting the mm-hmm. youth in the car show and car business. Right. And, yeah. you know, we would take them to like the Ken Towery booth mm-hmm. to where if they wanted to work for a Ken Towery store and be a service writer, mm-hmm. that could be good. If they wanted to be a tire salesman, they could learn to do that. We'd take them to a booth that had a chassis sitting there, a complete rolling chassis. And they could talk to that guy about getting a job welding those components together to make a chassis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there would be a body shop there that would have a really slick painted custom paint job. They could talk to them about being a body man in that field right. and working in that garage. Yep. And so it, it was a good learning opportunity for the students to be able to see what was going on in the automotive world. Mm-hmm. A good friend of ours and a previous guest on multiple occasions yep. on our show, Danny Pohl, is a big uh, advocate for student uh, students in the vocational automotive mm-hmm. vocation uh, at Southern High School here in Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, and uh, he is a huge advocate of that vocation and pushes those out and supports that uh, vocation in a big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just recently, he had uh, I forgot how many uh, graduates from his program that he supported, where they. Uh, raffled off uh, or got donations for a tool kit and tool chest for for the students that graduated from that vocational program to get them started in their you know their first job to get their first set of tools to be able to to start the the mechanical or bodywork vocation that the whatever program they were in mm-hmm. to do that and he was a big uh, a big thing at the Carl Casper uh, custom model show yeah, we he, all he judges. Cars, yeah, right. he's yep. also a judge at many of the car shows here in town. And, you know, it's such an important thing that the vocational, that vocation alone, along with all the others, uh, is just dwindled. You said there's how many? Uh, thousands, you said. Yeah. Now, you know, we're into the dozens. Yeah. And it really needs to to, to pick up because it's a huge thing. That's, oh, sure. That's needed. But we all grew up listening to the Carl Casper Custom auto show jingle and yeah. Eric, Eric's still trying to get us get us that jingle for our opening show for the podcast. Yeah, you are tired of me so, just doing it with my mouth. Right, <laughs> but but you do it so well, Jason. Or I'm sorry, Eric, I'm you Eric. do it so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Jason's over there. Uh, I know. Say hi, Jason. Right? This is John. Uh, it's it's not rocket science. But even my wife, every year when the when the car show ad would start to come on TV, she could be looking the other way and she said, it's the car show ad. I know. You know? Yeah, <laughs> she right. knew that. I, I look for it every, every year when that, those commercials came on and you know, right. they have the special guest. And of course I'm a Dukes of Hazard freak. Yeah. 
yep. probably like everybody else here is, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have the General Lee the here, General Lee or, or you know, Cooter band. from the Dukes of Hazard, and yep. you know whatnot. That's right. Uh, they were all going to be here. Daisy mm-hmm. is going to be here, mm-hmm. and you know everybody right. won her autograph. Yeah, absolutely. Carl and the staff were were very in, attentive to what was going on in the market, and and they had obviously Dukes of Hazard, but then again they had the Days of Your Life soap opera star mm-hmm. so yeah, that the guy's absolutely. wife would want to come to the that's show. Right. <laughs> that's right. And, you got to get the wives and the ladies involved. And absolutely. The and, and then uh, they characters. had the Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. uh, kids dressed yep. up as Scooby-Doos and yeah. walking around and they were advertised so that the children would want to come. Mm-hmm. So they'd become a, a complete family affair. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect kids, to do in February because it was cold outside mm-hmm. so everything was inside so it was, you know, temperature. Huge deal for Louisville. Oh, yeah. It was great. Great. Bit. I, we, we hated to I'm see I'm sure it everybody that grew up here in Louisville misses oh, the well, Carl sure. Casper yeah, right. custom model show. Yeah. No uh-huh. no question. Yeah. I wish it. I wish something would come back. I wish that would come back. Yeah. Jason uh, was showing me absolutely. his, his – uh, ticket stubs from him and his father yeah. yep. from the last episode of the show, which was mm-hmm. 2015. I think so. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I've got my first pass when I bought one to go in in, in 1965. Yeah. Wow. And I've got my last staff pass from 2015 <laughs> together in a frame. <laughs> awesome. And awesome. I'm so proud of them because – I grew up going to that car well, show. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, and everybody I, I else did. So did I. Right. You know, yeah. my dad took me to that car show every mm-hmm. year. Yep. That's I right. begged him to take me to that car show. Yep. You know, think, thinking about some of the collection, collectible items that when we saw out at your, uh, that you see in garage uh, crawls, what you saw out there. You and Jason were just talk were were talking amongst each other about uh, about some of the items in there, and I just I just had to stop, and I heard. There's a sound going on in here, and I've just drawn my eye to it, and it just reminds me of when I was younger and just what you would see in here. And it's this sign. It's the uh, star. It had the <laughs> yes. the, uh, the different lights, but just the sound of the in the switching of the, as the light bulbs changed color. Uh, there's two different sets of bulbs on it, so they switch from one to the other. And just the sound of that, I'm like, that takes me back to the old school, like, Automotive signs, right. yeah. you know, Dairy Queen signs when it's all the letters are just pushed in. Yep. That sign. I mean, how do you find those kinds of signs? Because even that's that work, no less. Well, this <laughs> this kind of goes back to the the first podcast where we were talking about if you're going to be that Camaro guy or that Toyota Celica guy, mm-hmm. people help you. Nice. And so people start to call and say, "Hey, I know you like." old type things i've got i've got one of these Mm -hmm. would you be interested in it because i I can't find everything jason can't find everything out there for the car he's got Mm -hmm. but if you get people that start to help you a little bit and a a good friend of mine called me one day and he said i've got this great sign that came off the top of a a, some kind of a store i don't know what it was liquor store or something and he said it flashes and it it articulates and it does this and the other and he, he said I've got a body shop at home, and he said, I don't want it to get all nasty with the body shop mm-hmm. debris. He said, can I bring it over to your place? Sure. There so we put it at the car show with the VV Cook display, yep. right. and it was the shining beacon. When you walked in the West Wing <laughs> at the front door, you could see it all on the back wall. That's right. All yeah, the way so. through the whole show. That's right. And, and that's exactly right. And just just like Eric said, it, it does have this unique little sound as the motor in there turns and, and activates <laughs> right. each one of the lights in a different pattern. You know? Yep, that's right. And, and speaking of really cool things that are on top of things, 
there's a really cool weather vane on the top of your of the uh, service shop, as mm-hmm. we'll call it. D- and yeah, yeah. D- tell us a little tell, bit about yep, that because right. you yeah. don't see that every day. <laughs> when <laughs> when I was out hunting for parts for that '56 Nomad and going to these little dealers in the country, uh, my friend that I was going with also had a '56. But he also had a 57 Pontiac Safari. Mm. So we would go to a Pontiac dealer every now and then. There weren't as many of them as there were a Chevy. Right. And the first place that you go when you go to look for old parts is either the basement or the attic. Because mm. the main floor's got somewhat current parts. So we go up to, up to the attic. And in the attic in those old dealerships, it is nasty, dirty. And if it's during the summer, when you come out, you're sweating and you got black soot all <laughs> right. over you. And upstairs there were two... 1949 Pontiac wind vanes. Wow. They're they're almost four, four and a half feet in diameter. And they've got two halo rings that go around them. Just like three-eighths inch rod mm-hmm. that's been around. But it's the full-size Indian head mm-hmm. that was on all the Pontiac logos. And so John got one of them, and I got one. There you go. And when I started putting the, the Neva building together, I said, this has got to be, it's got to be on the oh, roof. Oh, sure, right. Yeah, And so right. I, I got a, a some electrician-type tooling, and I drilled a hole in the roof, mounted it to a post, and I went and bought a sealed throw-out bearing <laughs> and put it on the pole and set the Indian head on the pole. And it still spins. Yes, there there you go. So been cool. there, been there twenty five years. I love you know? it. I love it. <laughs> and I think there is one thing that we do need to mention too before we end this is you've got two bumper cars. Tell us about those. Uh, again, you can't find everything yourself, oh, right? And a good friend of mine said, "Hey, I know you got two boys." And at the time, they were six and eight years old. He said, "I found a tractor trailer full of the Fountain Ferry bumper cars mm-hmm. from back in the day." Yep, and he said, you need these. Right. You need two of them. Right. He said, yep. I'm not selling them out wholesale to everybody, but he said, you need two. Yep. So I went over and got them and restored them, painted one uh, a blue and white and one red and white for, as in Louisville and in mm-hmm. Lexington. Right. And redid the upholstery in them and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, put a put a pole on the back of it with the, the little bar that would catch the electric on the grid on the mm-hmm. top to make them go. Uh but one of the funniest things about it is, you know, when you ride the bumper car, you bump into somebody, obviously. Well, there's a tire that goes around the base of the mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And when you get to looking at the tire, it says made in Italy. Mm-hmm. And it's just a tire. It happens to be in an oval shape rather than around like a car. Mm-hmm. And it says inflate to 15 pounds. And that was the and that was, that was the deal. So when you ran into somebody, you were using a fifteen pound inflated tire. <laughs> I'll be darned. I love it. That's just so cool. Yeah, I showed the pictures of it. I took of them to my mom, who was a guest at Fountain Ferry back with my oh, sure. aunts and yep. uncles, my and went yeah. too. Right. Saw that was like, and it was just immediately. It's like, oh wow, I remember those. <laughs> those were so cool. So, so Patrick, in closing here. Um, the garage crawls just real quick. Uh, it's pretty much open to anybody. Yes. That, so if somebody wanted to reach out to you and say, "Hey, Patrick, we want to be on this uh, this distribution list," how could they reach you? Through my email. Okay. And which is C I R C L E K 
CircleK454 at Yahoo.com. Fantastic. Um, we really enjoyed going out to see your place. And I, uh, Thank John, you. it was a treat. You're, you're Sorry, need, I missed it. I know, but you're going to need to come. We'll, Next we'll, time. We'll, we'll, for go sure. out, we'll go out and, and, and see it because I, I could have spent a tad bit more time uh, in there for sure. Day, week. You know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And uh, so, so Patrick, uh, we have so enjoyed speaking with you. And again, your history, your knowledge, and overall automotive enthusiasm has been a blast to talk about. And for our listeners of the podcast, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you're notified of new shows. And please leave us a review. Remember to check out our new website, www.theclassiccarcorner.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. <laughs>